This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Monday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. It's the 24th day of April 2023. Chilly one here uh, in the mountains. 36 degrees when I got up this morning. Uh, we We have some frost warnings for tonight. It's, you know, it's... A late winter, I guess, just letting us know it's not quite done with us yet. But uh, covered up the uh, the plants that I've got in the garden already, so everything seems to have uh, weathered through okay last night. So uh, lots to get to this morning. A big day if you are a fan of Boston sports teams, that's for sure. Um, the, uh, the Bruins, the Celtics, the Red Sox, all with victories yesterday. So we'll, uh, we'll get to all that in a minute. Before we uh, start the show this morning, just a heads up. Um, we, uh, we're going to be here today, tomorrow and Wednesday. I've got a big construction project getting ready to start, uh, here. Uh, we're getting ready to redo my deck. My stepson is coming up from Florida. Uh, so I'm going to be, uh, Bob Vila for the next uh, week or so. So we're going to do the show for sure. The next three days he comes in, I got to pick him up in Atlanta on Thursday. And then we start the deck on Friday. Uh, going to try to be here early next week, probably Monday or Tuesday, uh, with an NFL draft review. Going to try to get Dan Zampano on to talk about that. So for the next, uh, after Wednesday, for the next week after that or so, it's going to be a little bit spotty. But if you follow us on social media, on Facebook or on Twitter, uh, you can uh, find out when we're going to be on. Uh, if you have any questions, you can also email me at gene at sportscountry.net. I'll kind of try to keep everybody, and I'll have it on the website as well. I'll try to keep everybody as posted as I can. Uh, with the schedule over the next week. Uh, one other note before uh, we uh, get to the sports. I uh, just wanted to take a moment. Uh, lost a, a good friend um, who passed away of leukemia uh, last at the end of last week, uh, Bob Sklars. Uh, Bob was a, uh, a guy who played basketball at Franklin Pierce College where I went to college. He graduated. He's, uh, he died at the age of uh, 76. And uh, I got to know Bob when I was still a student at Franklin Pierce. He had played there back in the late 60s. He was in, uh, I believe he was a Marine Corps veteran and uh, went to college a little bit late and uh, phenomenal basketball player. Once scored 85 points in a game. He averaged over 50 points a game uh, in a season. And by the way, that's back when there was no three-point line. 85 points in a game and you can't take a three. I mean, it's just it's mind-boggling, absolutely mind-boggling. Um, ended up being a longtime high school basketball coach at uh, Worcester Vocational Technical uh, School in uh, uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, but uh, it was very kind of me. I got to do a, a story on him when I was still a student and invited me to his house with uh, uh, my roommate at the time who was on the uh, Franklin Pierce basketball team and uh, Mary Parker, uh, another friend of mine who was on the women's basketball team. We got to go to his house and uh, have dinner and 
met his wife Marion, wonderful woman, and his young son Peter at the time. And uh, uh, food, oh my God, and leftovers. And so we went there several times over my co- my college career and uh, kept in touch with Bob for a lot of years. Uh, I was sad to hear of his passing down here in North Carolina. I wasn't able to make it up to the uh, uh, to the wake and the funeral on such short notice. But uh, I just wanted to take a moment to recognize a, a really uh, not, not just a great basketball player in college, but one of the nicest human beings I have ever met in my life. Uh, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about that. He was just a a great human being. So I just wanted to take a minute this morning uh, uh, to recognize Bob's passing. All right, let's get to uh, sports from yesterday. And uh, started out, uh, the, well, the Red Sox uh, got going first, and uh, but we'll get to them in a second. The Boston Bruins yesterday uh, now take a 3-1 lead into uh, their – series with the Florida Panthers, which the next game will be on Wednesday, and they'll have a chance uh, to close that series out. The Bruins win yesterday 6-2 to in what was – there's no other way to put it. It was a street fight, and it was mostly because um, of Matthew Kachuk and some of the other uh, hitting after the whistle that went on. I mean, the, the, Kachuk has been a – a bit of an, an, a jerk the entire series. And look, this isn't a guy that can't play, right? I mean, Kachuk had 40 goals this season. This guy had over 100 points. This guy can play, but he is also likes to mix it up, and uh, he did that yesterday. Uh, got called for a couple of penalties, got involved in a fracas with uh, Linus Omark, the uh, goaltender for the Boston Bruins, to the point where uh, the goaltender, Omark, actually – Took a couple of shots at Kachuk. You don't usually see goaltenders trying to throw punches, but uh, Olmark had had enough, and so he did. Ended up getting a misconduct. They they pulled him out of the game, and uh, Jeremy Swayman finished it up. But uh, a big game uh, yesterday for the Bruins, one they desperately needed after losing Game Three down in Florida and really being out hustled. They needed to uh, to come back. And uh, or I should say, after losing Game Two, they really needed to come back, and they have come back very strong uh, down in Florida. Taylor Hall with a couple of goals in this one, also had two assists in the game. Jacob DeBrusque with a couple of goals. Uh, Brad Marchand with a goal. Uh, it was good to see, uh, uh, you know, the Bruins' offense respond. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi had also had a goal, his second goal of the playoffs. Um, he has been a wonder. What a great acquisition for the Bruins late in the season. So now Boston with that 3-1 advantage. This one is all but over, you you would think. Um, and a great way to respond yesterday. Uh, and look, Florida did their best, took David Posternock really out of the game. Um, but to have uh, Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall, you know, Taylor Hall is a guy who was a former MVP in the league, and he's now playing on the Bruins' uh, third line. That tells you how good the Bruins are. Uh, but what a, a great uh, performance yesterday by the Boston Bruins. Uh, there was some other playoff action yesterday. The Carolina Hurricanes uh, take a lead in their series three games to one as uh, they whacked around the New York Islanders yesterday by a final of 5-2. to two. Uh, The Dallas Stars beat the Minnesota Wild yesterday as well. 
Uh, that series now tied at two apiece after Minnesota wins yesterday, three to two. And in a great game yesterday, um, the Edmonton Oilers come back to beat the L.A. Kings five to four. They even that series up. But the most significant thing in this game was that Edmonton was down three nothing at the end of the first period. I mean, they just uh, they were in big trouble. And they end up winning it in overtime. It is the second time that they have been down by three goals and come back to beat the Kings. Uh, Yesterday, it was Zach Hyman that did it at 10.39 of the overtime period. It was Hyman's first goal of the playoffs. Uh, That has been a hell of a series. But really, the guy that was the hero of this one, um, as far as uh, the Edmonton goes, was Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell came on in relief of goal ter- uh, starting goaltender Stuart Skinner. He was pulled after that first period. And then he uh, Campbell came on and ended up making 27 saves, allowing just one goal. And now you have to wonder, if you're Edmonton, do you consider starting Campbell in Game 5 on Tuesday night back home in Edmonton? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the Boston Celtics. Needed a big performance yesterday after taking a 2-0 series lead and heading down to Atlanta, and a lot of people are thinking sweep. They go down uh, in Game 3 in Atlanta and lay an egg. So they needed to come back with a big performance yesterday. And it wasn't uh, pretty, but they won the game. Uh, The Celtics beat the Atlanta Hawks 129 to 121. The Celtics had a 14-point lead at one point in the first period or the first quarter. It looked like they were going to kind of blow the Hawks out, but the Hawks just kept hanging around and hanging around. Uh, Boston led by 12 at the intermission, but a big third period by Atlanta uh, made it a five-point game. They hung around and hung around, but uh, finally the Celtics with a big stretch late in the fourth quarter. They went on a 12-4 run and uh, pulled away. And they win this one 129 to 121. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, the usual cast of characters, 31 points apiece. Uh, Robert Williams comes off the bench, 13 points and 15 rebounds. Celtics shot the ball well, 52%. Um, so the only, the biggest question mark yesterday for the Celtics was whether Marcus Smart was going to be able to play or not. Uh, he was listed as questionable. Uh, he had a bruised tailbone. He went down hard in game three, was walking around very gingerly, didn't look great at the shoot-around on Sunday morning. So everybody was thinking, well, they might be having to play without Marcus Smart. The game starts. You'd never know Marcus Smart was hurt. Uh, Ended up having a great game. Uh, 19 points, four rebounds, four assists, had a couple of dunks. He went down hard at one point. He went up for a three-point shot, got fouled. Ended up going down on his on his rear end and uh, didn't show any ill effects of that. Uh, interestingly, after that foul, it would have been a four-point play attempt after that three-point shot that he drained when he got fouled. Uh, they did a review and decided that it was kind of incidental contact, so they didn't give him uh, the extra free throw. But at the end of the day, uh, Marcus Smart was looked a lot better than a lot of people thought. So uh, now the Celtics have a chance to finish this thing off. They looked really, really good yesterday, you know, and and like I said, it was not their best performance, but every time Atlanta would make a run, 
the Celtics would step up and make a big shot. Derek White was another guy for the for the uh, Celtics yesterday. I mean, uh, it seemed like every time they were trying to concentrate and and over overplay on Jason Tatum, Derek White was left open, and every time they left him open, he kept draining threes. He ended up with 18 points in the game. Uh, I think he, four of those shots were threes. You know, you just can't leave that guy open. And, uh, you know, people talk about Tatum and they talk about Brown, but when you you look at the Celtics, it's the performance of guys uh, like White, um, like guys like Williams uh, at, at times. Uh, now, he, didn't, uh, he wasn't really a factor in the game yesterday. Uh, Blake Griffin didn't play, but, you know, guys like that have stepped up time and time again. Peyton Pritchard. Uh, as as a guy that at least in the regular season has come up big, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, another big game yesterday for the Celtics, fourteen points in twenty two minutes. So look, Brown and Tatum may have combined for sixty two points, but there are so many other guys on this team. You know, and, and you know what's interesting? Uh, Al Horford didn't score a point yesterday. Only took two shots in the game, but he was a big part of that victory with eleven rebounds, five assists, couple of steals. Had a block shot, sold some popcorn. So it's just you know this it's a it's a next man up mentality for the Celtics, and uh, it seems like it's a different guy every night that uh, that steps up big. The New York Knicks are close to closing out their series. They take a three one series lead over Cleveland. Uh, they win yesterday one o two to ninety three. Um, the Timberwolves. Managed to uh, take a game from the Denver Nuggets, so they'll extend that to a game five, but that thing is all but over. And uh, maybe the best series so far of the first round of the playoffs, the uh, Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Golden State wins yesterday 126 to 125. The defending NBA champions now tie that series up at two games apiece. Uh, The Kings won their two games at home. Golden State wins their two games at home. Now it shifts back on Wednesday to Sacramento uh, for a game five. Uh, But Steph Curry, 32 points, almost blew it for his team. Has 32 points leading the way. He ends up calling a timeout late in the game. With 42 seconds left, he calls a timeout with his team up by five. Well, that becomes... A technical foul. When you call a timeout that you don't have, Sacramento makes the tech, and they actually had an opportunity to tie this game up at the end. Uh, The shot ended up uh, clanging off the backboard. But uh, great game, great series. Very, very entertaining. Uh, Action tonight, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat. The Heat actually lead that series two games to one. Don't know what Giannis' status is tonight for Milwaukee. But they need him badly. Um, They cannot afford to go down three games to one uh, with two of the next three games being in Miami. So that game will be tonight. Uh, The Lakers will try to take a 3-1 lead over the number two-seeded Memphis Grizzlies tonight. That game is in Los Angeles. It's on TNT. It'll be uh, a 10 o'clock start tonight. And uh, the uh, Celtics, as I said, their next game, will be coming up on Tuesday, 7.30. It'll be on TNT, and uh, they will have a chance to close out that series. Um, Over the weekend, 
I was uh, exchanging emails uh, with a listener of the show, an old friend of mine, college uh, classmate, uh, Dave Massey. Uh, Dave, a former college catcher at Franklin Pierce. And we were talking about the state of uh, what's going on in Major League Baseball and the, the, the pitch clock. And and one of the, I made a throwaway comment to him in one of our emails. I said, geez, I hope that the Red Sox can figure out what the hell is wrong with Masataka Yoshida, the big signing that the the uh, Red Sox had out of Japan, um, because it seemed like every time he swung hit the ball, he wasn't making solid contact. It was like he was topping a lot of balls, and you know he was getting some hits, but they weren't pretty. You know, it was uh, uh, kind of a mess. This is a guy that they paid ninety million dollars to, you know, and obviously there's going to be. Uh, some adapting, right? You have to adapt. You don't know most of these pitchers. Uh, guys are throwing a lot harder in Major League Baseball than they throw in the Japanese League. So you knew there was going to be a transition. But I was starting to wonder, there were a lot of general managers that said the Red Sox overpaid for this guy. This guy is not what they think he is. Well, Yoshida yesterday drives in six runs in the game. He hit two home runs in the eighth inning. He had five RBI in the eighth inning. The second home run in that inning, a grand slam. The Red Sox explode for a nine-run eighth inning, and they go on to beat the Milwaukee Brewers 12-5. They win the series, second straight series that they've won. The Sox have now won three in a row. They have also won seven of the last ten. And you have to start saying to yourself, is this Red Sox team actually pretty good? Um, you know, we can't get carried away yet. We still have a lot of guys that haven't gotten going. But when you look at the fact that the starting pitching is starting to come around a little bit. Now, Brian Bale was a little shaky yesterday. But the starting pitching is starting to come. You know, we've seen uh, not Herculean efforts from the starters, but they're keeping the team in the game. You know, it's not like suddenly giving up three, four, five runs in the first inning, which stocks pitchers were doing the Sox matter of fact the Sox starting staff had given up more runs in the first inning than anybody in baseball which you know was the reason why they were a 500 team and they are still just barely over 500 they're 12 and 11 but as I said seven of the last 10 and you look at that 12 and 11 that's good for last place in the American League East that 12 and 11 record would put them in second place or a tie for first in every other division in baseball except two, the NL East and the NL Central. I mean, that is how good the American League East is. So maybe Yoshida's figured it out. And after the game yesterday, Yoshida talked about it, that he's changed his stance a little bit, and he gave credit to Peter Fatsy, the hitting coach for the Boston Red Sox. And, look, Fatsy's been getting a lot of heat from Red Sox fans because of the lack of production by a lot of guys in that lineup. You know, when you've got Tristan Casas hitting 129 and, you know, Connor Wong is under 200 and Yu Chang and Arroyo. I mean, we've got so many guys. And, and until recently, Kike Hernandez was struggling mightily. But... Yoshida said that he went to Fatsy and said, hey, you know, what am I, what do I got to do? And it was a simple adjustment 
of just moving his right foot a little bit to open his stance up to get him a better look at the pitcher. And ever since he made that adjustment, he's 7-for-17 in the four games since he did that with nine runs batted in, and he's only struck out four times. So uh, it sounds like even at the major league level, folks, you know, we, we want to say these guys are pros. You know, how much difference does the coaching really make? I mean, the manager obviously makes the decision on the lineup and how to, when to pull guys out of games. But does a hitting coach, does a pitching coach make a big difference at that level? And the answer is obviously yes, and uh, uh, Yoshida seems to have figured it out. So let's hope that continues. Um, as far as the Red Sox starting pitching goes yesterday, look, Brian Bale looked really good for the first three innings. And then the wheels kind of came off the bus a little bit. Uh, he leaves after four and two-thirds. He gave up three runs, five hits, struck out three, walked two. It wasn't atrocious, but it wasn't great. Uh, but then they bring Blyer out of the bullpen, gets out of a big jam. The thing I cannot understand, and somebody's going to have to explain this to me, I would love to be able to sit down with Alex Cora and say to Alex Cora, Why? Why do they continue to put Caleb Ort in games? And they put him in a game yesterday. This is a guy that was awful in spring training and with the exception of two outings here in this season, has been awful in the regular season. They bring him in yesterday. He ends up giving up a run because he can't throw a strike. They bring him in in a 3-3 game in the seventh inning. Caleb Ort, what are you doing? You know, he walks Joey Weimer on four pitches, pays no attention. Weimer, you know, steals second base, basically standing up. And then a sacrifice bunt gets him to third base. He walks another guy. Then he throws a wild pitch, which allows the run to score. And now the Brewers are up 4-3. You know, he ends up walking a couple of more guys. He finally gets out of the inning, and it's like, what? You know, I don't get it. You know, I don't get it. Guy's got a, you know, a whip of one and a half in 12 innings. They brought him in. He's pitched in 11 games. Stop it. You know, and when we're talking about uh, a, a pitching staff problem in that look you know they've got guys coming back from injury Paxton's going to be coming back soon they're going with a six-man rotation now till they decide who's going to move to the bullpen is it going to be Tanner Houck is it going to be Garrett Whitlock is it going to be Nick Pavetta who's it going to be well when that happens the Red Sox need to do two things two things number one Ryan Brazier has to go they brought Brazier in yesterday he pitches a scoreless inning hallelujah but a game that meant absolutely nothing they were up you know, 12 to 4. But he has got to go, and Caleb Ort has got to go. You know, and whether it's Hauk, whether it's Pavetta, Pavetta does not want to move to the bullpen. I get it. You know, no starter wants to go to the bullpen. Hauk, you know, wants to start. He has said he wants to start, but he has also said, hey, whatever they need me to do. Um, you know, and after, you know, Hauk has probably been their most dependable starter at the start of the season, I mean, he hasn't been, you know, Cy Young material, but he has kept them in every game. You know, Garrett Whitlock was great, right? Uh, not last start, he wasn't very good. Start before that, 
you know, he was spectacular. So what are you going to do? But all I know is every time the Red Sox bring in Caleb Ort or Ryan Brazier, bad things happen. And I, I wish somebody could explain to me why Alex Cora keeps bringing those two jamokes in a game. I just don't get it. So now the Sox get to play the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles are one of the hottest teams in baseball. Chris Sale will pitch tonight against Dean Kremer. Uh, of course, the Red Sox took two out of three from Baltimore at the, in the first series of the season. But those Orioles in that three-game series still scored 23 runs, and they had 38 hits, and they stole 10 bases. Baltimore has stolen 25 bases in 28 attempts this season. And, you know, they ran wild against the Red Sox. So the key in this series, they've got to keep Cedric Mullins and Jorge Mateo off the base pass. They've got to do that. Um, so, um, and the Red Sox also need Chris Sale to be who he was in his last start and when he struck out 11 guys. Uh, the Orioles win again yesterday. They beat the Tigers 2-1 uh, to one in 10 innings. They have now won six in a row. Baltimore Orioles are not going away, folks. Last year was not a fluke. They are 14-7. and seven. They are 8-2 and two in their last 10, winners of six in a row, as I said yesterday. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez, the young kid, comes in, throws five shutout innings, throws 92 pitches in five innings, but the bullpen does a great job. Uh, they end up getting the tying run, the Tigers do, in the uh, eighth inning. Uh, but uh, the Orioles win it in 10 as Adam Frazier – Scores on a wild pitch, a wild pitch. And the Detroit Tigers, who had been playing much better baseball lately, uh, they but now they've lost four in a row. Uh, sit at 7-13. and 13. Man, is the NL Central bad. I mean, Minnesota leads that division at 12-10. and 10. Everybody else is like under 500. Just a brutal, brutal division. But Celtics, I mean Celtics, the Red Sox have their work cut out for them uh, in Baltimore. Uh, but if... Chris Sale can get him off to the right start tonight, you know, and I think all of Red Sox Nation will feel much better if Chris Sale throws back-to-back quality starts. Then we'll know he's truly back, and then we'll know every fifth day the Red Sox are going to have a chance to win, and then hopefully, you know, some of the other guys step up, and, you know, whether it's going to be uh, Whitlock or 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 Bayo or whoever, somebody else has got to step up and grab that number two spot in the rotation by the horns because right now it is just you know a, a roller coaster. You just never know from game to game what you're going to get out of the starting staff. 32 minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 34 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Monday morning. Um, the Tampa Bay Rays' start to the season has officially become ridiculous. The Rays win again again yesterday. They beat the Chicago White Sox 4-1. to The Rays are now 13-0 at home. They are 19-3 to start the season. That 19-3 start um, and the 13 consecutive home wins um, – it is the second longest home winning streak to start a season since 1901. The, the only other team that has done better than that was the 1907 New York Giants who won 15 straight at home. I mean, it's, it's crazy. They are the eighth team 
since 1901 to start a year by winning 19 of 22 games. And they're the first ones to do it since the Milwaukee Brewers back in 1987. Uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers and the Detroit Tigers both opened 20-2. and two. But, I mean, it's just uh, it's ridiculous. They continue to hit home runs. Luke Rayleigh, Harold Ramirez with homers again yesterday. They have homered in each of their first 22 games, which is a major league record. So they're extending their record every time they do that. They have 48 home runs in 22 games. That's the second most in big league history through 22 games. Only the St. Louis Cardinals hit more. They hit 52. I mean, so it's just like every game, something new happens. And, of course, because it's the Tampa Bay Rays, they get pitching. Zach Eflin, uh, who was coming back from an injury, comes out and pitches five strong innings, gives up just three hits and a run, doesn't walk anybody, strikes out four, only throws 67 pitches in five innings. Uh, Yanni Chirinos comes out of the bullpen, throws three perfect innings. I mean, Pete Fairbanks with a perfect Ninth inning. It's just, uh, it's unbelievable. And the Rays beat the White Sox yesterday 4-1. to one. And the White Sox just uh, in an absolute free fall. 7-15. Remember when people were getting on Tony La Russa? Oh, my God, he's so old and he's so out of touch and yada, yada, yada. 7-15 of the Chicago White Sox. Probably yearning for a little Tony La Russa right now. Look, the Rays are going to have their hands full if they are going to continue uh, this ridiculous winning streak to start the season. Um, you know, you have to, again, we've talked about this before, you have to take into consideration in some respects who it is that the Rays have beaten. You know, and, and I, I hate to put the Red Sox in that, but, you know, look, I mean, they swept a series from the Red Sox, and it seems like uh, everybody's, like, you know, ready to anoint them as the greatest team of all time. But let's remember you know, they took three from Detroit. They took three from the Washington Nationals, two of the lowest payrolls in baseball, uh, three from the Oakland Athletics, who have the lowest payroll in baseball. Then they swept the Red Sox, and I don't want to talk about that. But then they lose two out of three to Toronto, a team that they're going to have to beat to win the AL East. Uh, they take two out of three from Cincinnati, a uh, team with the third lowest payroll in baseball, and then they take three from the White Sox. So let's not get too carried away. I'll tell you when I'll start to believe. If they sweep the Houston Astros in a series that starts tonight in Tampa, I'll believe. You know, the schedule for the Whites uh, for the Rays is very, very favorable. They've got the three with Houston now, but then they play four with the White Sox again in Chicago. Then they've got Pittsburgh. And I know Pittsburgh's off to a good start, but it's still Pittsburgh. But then they get serious because starting in May, uh, starting May 5th, they have a string of games. They have seven games against the Yankees, three at Baltimore, and three against the New York Mets. Then they play Milwaukee for three, Toronto for four, the Dodgers for three. That's when we're going to find out how good this Rays team really is. It's not to take anything away from what they've done because it doesn't matter when you play them. you still got to beat everybody. But they play the Houston Astros starting tonight. The rookie Taj Bradley, who's 2-0, and We'll face Jose Urquidy uh, in that game tonight. So we'll find out really what they're made of um, because the Houston Astros are a team on a mission right now too. Houston Astros have won four in a row. They just got done sweeping a series from the Atlanta Braves. And they did it yesterday, 5-2. Jordan Alvarez uh, with a two-run single in the eighth. 
uh, and then a go-ahead uh, pinch hit single by Corey Jolks in the ninth inning, and the Astros swept a four-game series from the Atlanta Braves. So that is a very, very good Houston team. Uh, Hector Naris ends up getting the win in relief yesterday. Brian Abreu picked up his second save of the season. Uh, so Urquidy, who is one and one with a three six six, Taj Bradley two and zero with a two six one. That is going to be must watch TV tonight. Uh, the New York Yankees lose. The Toronto Blue Jays beat them yesterday by a final of five to one. The Blue Jays take two out of three in that series, uh, but the Yankees still thirteen and nine. But they are in a uh, a tie with Toronto now for third place in the AL East. They are a game and a half back of the Baltimore Orioles and a game and a half ahead of the Boston Red Sox. The Blue Jays now get to play the White Sox. Uh, Lance Lynn, who has been putrid for the White Sox to start the season, will get the start tonight for uh, Chicago. He is 0-2 with an ERA of 7.5. The Yankees get the Minnesota Twins in Minnesota. Uh, The Twins, who lead the AL Central uh, with a 12-10 record, have lost 6 out of 10. So they are not playing very good baseball. But uh, Sonny Gray, who's been really good. Sonny Gray is 2-0 with an 0-8-2 ERA. We'll take on Johnny Brito tonight, uh, who will pitch for the New York Yankees. Um, everybody was worried about Jacob deGrom on the Texas Rangers when he uh, had that sore wrist in his last start, had to leave the game. Everybody's like, oh, here we go. And all the Mets fans uh, are laughing, saying, see, we told you. You know, thank God he left, and, you know, thank God we don't have to worry about the injuries anymore. DeGrom is, you know, a train wreck. Uh, And all Jacob DeGrom did yesterday was pitch six innings, struck out 11. Uh, The Rangers win again. They beat the Oakland Athletics 5-2. to You know, not exactly uh, any great shakes. But DeGrom, six innings, threw 80 pitches, only gave up three hits, one earned run, struck out 11, didn't walk anybody. Uh, goes to 2-0 in the season. Look, since his start on opening day when he gave up five runs in three and two-thirds innings, over his next 23 innings, Jacob deGrom has only allowed four earned runs. Uh, It is the 12th, uh, excuse me, the 60th time that he has struck out double digits in a game. He is fifth among active pitchers, 15th all-time in the modern era, modern era meaning after 1900, uh, of guys that have done that. Uh, he has struck out 43 guys this season. It is the uh, major league lead. The only guy that's close to him is Kevin Gaussman, who also struck out 11 on uh, Sunday. But DeGrom struck out the side on 12 pitches in his last inning. And uh, then the uh, Ranger bullpen takes care of business. And the Oakland Athletics fall to 4-18. and 4-18. and 18. The Texas Rangers stay atop. The AL West, with that 14-7 and record, they have won seven of the last ten. But now, all of a sudden, the Houston Astros are breathing down their necks. Uh, the Rangers open a three-game series against the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Nate Valdi is going to get the start tonight for the Astros. He is 2-2 two and two with a 5-4-0 ERA. Um, and the Athletics are just biding time until they move to Las Vegas. We talked about this at the end of last week. They have uh, bought 49 acres of land, which, by the way, 49 acres of land is way more land than you need for a ballpark, which tells me that uh, they're going to be developing the rest of that land, and this is all about money for the Oakland A's. Um, And, you know, the 
City of Oakland can be as upset as they are and say that Oakland didn't, you know, the DAs didn't negotiate in good faith and yada yada. But look, at the end of the day, that ballpark is a dump. It was so bad the other day when the Mets were in to play Oakland, the Mets broadcasters could not use the visiting radio booth because there's a possum living in the walls. And the smell of its excrement was so bad that the the room couldn't be used. I mean, come on, really? You know that's you know, and and they're drawing, you know, single digit numbers of fans every game, and this is exactly what the Oakland ownership has wanted from day one. They have wanted out of Oakland, even when they were trying to negotiate with the city of Oakland. Even before it got to the point where they were negotiating for that waterfront property down there to redevelop the waterfront, they tried to move to uh, a couple of other cities in Northern California. They wanted no part of Oakland at the end of the day, uh, and uh, they're going to get their way, and the Las Vegas A's are coming. Their, their lease runs out at the Oakland Coliseum after the 2024 season. Their new ballpark in uh, Las Vegas supposedly won't be ready until 2027. So the question then becomes, do they extend on a year-to-year basis in Oakland and play uh, uh, in that dump for the two years while they're waiting for that stadium in Las Vegas? Or do they find another home, another temporary home to play in prior to that? Time will tell. 45 minutes past here. We're going to take one more break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call. 47 minutes past the hour here on a Monday morning. Um, the St. Louis Cardinals with a win yesterday. Lars Newtbar uh, back in the lineup for St. Louis after that early season injury. Uh, he homers on the first pitch of the game. Nolan Gorman with a three-run shot as well, and the St. Louis Cardinals Beat the Mariners yesterday, 7-3. The Cardinals were also thrilled to have Paul DeYoung back. Uh, He had uh, three hits in his return, including a uh, solo home run in the seventh inning. It was his first game uh, of the season after returning from the injured list. Uh, Flaherty dug himself an early hole, uh, but the Mariners only had one hit over the next uh, four and a third innings. He threw 104 pitches uh, and uh, picked up the win for the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals have a four-game series against the San Francisco Giants. That starts tonight. Jordan Montgomery is going to get the start for the Cardinals. And uh, the Mariners will take on uh, the Philadelphia Phillies in Philadelphia to start a nine-game road swing tonight. Um, the uh, Angels beat the uh, Royals yesterday 4-3. Uh, look, you know, and I was going to say, you know, big deal, who cares? But, when again, you look at the AL West standings right now and, the Angels are eleven and eleven. They're five hundred at this point in the season, and if you're an Angel fan, you're doing you're doing cartwheels. Uh, but the uh, notable thing in this game: Taylor Ward, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, consecutive home runs in the sixth inning, and the Angels win it four to three uh, over the Royals. Uh, the Royals have lost eight of the last nine and eleven of their last thirteen. They are taking on water uh, in a big, big way. Uh, the Angels. Uh, take on the Oakland Athletics. Look, here's the thing. If you're the Angels and you want to contend in the AL West, which is going to be difficult as it is with the Astros in there and obviously the improved Texas Rangers, you got to sweep the Oakland Athletics. You just have to. You can't you cannot afford uh to lose one of those games. Uh the San Francisco Giants 
beat the Mets yesterday. The $350 million New York Mets lose to the Giants. Uh, the Giants just 8-13. and 13. But how great is it, at least for an old guy like me, to be able to say that a Yastrzemski won the game? <laughs> it was Mike Yastrzemski yesterday, a uh, one-out double in the eighth inning, and the San Francisco Giants beat the Mets 5-4. Uh, San Francisco also thrilled to get Jock Peterson back. Uh, Peterson has been on the injured list for the last nine games with a bad wrist, and San Francisco was 2-7 and seven in the games that he did not play in. So they are thrilled to have him back. Uh, the Mets are excited. Justin Verlander threw um, 43 pitches over three innings of live batting practice yesterday, uh, had good results. He is going to make a minor league rehab start on Friday. So he will be back. And, you know, look, the Mets are just trying to hold things together. And the Mets are still 14-9. and nine. They've still won 7 of 10. Uh, but that pitching staff right now is in big trouble. A lot of injuries, you know, Carrasco down. And now uh, uh, Max Scherzer is going to miss two starts with that 10-game suspension for the sticky stuff. Uh, who, by the way, he swore on his children's lives that he wasn't doing anything illegal. Um and, you know, <laughs> I feel bad for his children. But, you know, and it comes to find out, look, he was just – supposedly he was just using rosin. The difference is, is Major League Baseball has said the only rosin that they can use is the stuff that's in the bag that's on the mound. You know, they can't be in the dugout loading up with rosin that nobody, you know, has approved or seen or whatever. So uh, – and everybody – and look, and they knew it. He said, I wasn't using anything illegal because I was using rosin, but he also knew that he wasn't supposed to be doing that in the dugout. So his children's lives are in jeopardy. Uh, Logan Allen struck out eight yesterday in his major league debut for the Cleveland Guardians, another team that is struggling with their pitching staff with Tristan McKenzie down, Aaron Savali. So Allen comes up uh, and uh, struck out eight over six innings. The only uh, mistake he made is a uh, solo home run that he allowed. Outside of that, he was great. 24 years old, gave up a two-out uh, home run to John Birdie in the third innings. Other than that, he was great, uh, and the Guardians beat the Marlins 7-4. Um, look, the Marlins are hanging in tight in the NL East as well, 12-10. and 10. That's not going to be a long time. You're not going to be able to sustain that. Uh, and uh, Cleveland – Hanging around at 500, and it looks like this AL Central race is going to be just like it was last year. It's almost like a dumb off. Everybody thought Minnesota was going to be a lot better. Look, Minnesota's also facing the, the prospect that Kenta Maeda may not be available to make his next scheduled start on Wednesday after he took that shot off the leg uh, in a game against the Red Sox last week. So uh, uh, we'll have to see how that works. The Padres uh, starting to figure it out a little bit. They have it back to 500. They've now won two in a row. They beat the Diamondbacks, the NL West leading Diamondbacks, or just barely now down to uh, they're down to 12 and 11. But uh, they win it seven to five yesterday. Um, the Padres with three runs in the first inning. Fernando Tatis Jr. By the way, since returning uh, from his suspension, and he was tearing it up in El Paso. He was hitting home runs. <laughs> seemed like every time he got up, but uh, he has struggled since coming back. He was one for five yesterday and is hitting just uh, 167 since returning. Uh, but Jay Cronenworth, 
uh, a big day yesterday, as well as Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter, who came over as a free agent from the Yankees, had a home run, drove in five. He was the hero of the day as the Padres win. Yu uh, Darvish pitches five and two-thirds, gives up just two hits and a run. He did walk five guys, had to leave the game in the sixth. He'd already thrown 102 pitches, but he had been struggling with a tight hamstring, uh, and they got him out of there, went uh, two pitches into a batter, and he just had tightened up so much he couldn't do it anymore. Uh, Padres off today. Their first off day, by the way, uh, in two weeks. Uh, and uh, they will start a series with the Chicago Cubs on Tuesday. And the Diamondbacks get to play the Kansas City Royals, so uh, they have a chance to get healthy. The Dodgers win yesterday. They beat the Cubs 7-3. Notable in this one, guess who the starting shortstop was for the Dodgers? Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts goes 2-4 for four with a home run, plays shortstop, plays a flawless shortstop, and the Dodgers uh, win 7-3. to three. And Dave Roberts has said that it is uh, very likely that Mookie Betts is going to be back at shortstop on Tuesday uh, when uh, they take on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Of course, the Dodgers uh, lost their starting shortstop, Gavin Lux, to an injury before the season even started. So they've been trying to figure out exactly what they're going to do there. Uh, And it looks like, at least temporarily, uh, Mookie Betts is the answer. Max Muncy, by the way, his 11th home run of the season for the Dodgers in the victory. Uh, Muncy didn't hit his 11th home run of the year last year until August 6th, and he ended up finishing with 21. So it looks like uh, uh, Max has found the stroke again, and uh, he hits his 11th of the season. And I mentioned the Pittsburgh Pirates earlier. They win their seventh straight. They beat the Reds yesterday 2 to nothing. They are 16-7, and seven, so I guess I shouldn't make as much fun of them as I did the fact that they swept the Red Sox. Uh, but that is their franchise's best start since they won its last division title back in 1992. They allowed just six runs in four games against the Reds, and they outscored the Rockies 33-9 to nine in a three-game sweep in Colorado. So, again, I know it's the Reds. I know it's the Rockies. But it is the longest winning streak for Pittsburgh since they won 11 straight back in 2018 and the best start, as I said, since uh, 1992. So hats off to the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, it's just an unbelievable start. Not sure how long they can sustain it, but a great start. That's going to do it for us here this morning. As I said, we'll be here today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Uh, My stepson's coming in. We're going to start construction of the deck uh, here in the house. I'm going to be Mr. Uh, Home Improvement for the next week or so. I'm going to try to do an NFL draft show early next week. Uh, but it's going to be spotty uh, after Wednesday for the next week or so after that. Uh, so check the website, check social media, Facebook and uh, uh, Twitter. We'll be able to tell you when we're going to be on for sure. But I will be here uh, tomorrow and Wednesday before we start construction. We're going to leave you this morning with some music from the Oak Ridge Boys. It's uh, Richard Sturban's 80th birthday, uh, the deep bass voice of the Oak Ridge Boys and What better way to highlight Sturman's voice uh, with uh, Elvira? We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.